This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and you're listening to Messianic Vision. Our guest today is always a favorite. We've come to know him and respect his ministry, and I know you have too. His newest teaching is probably more timely than anything you will read from anyone right now. Dr. Keenan Bridges is with us. Keenan, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me, Donna. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Keenan is talking about an epidemic in our society today, and unfortunately, even among believers. It's the plague of slander, gossip, and offense. But the good news, he says, is that you're about to learn how you can be healed from wounds of the past and offenses and live free to walk in your destiny and purpose. Keenan, you started your teaching off by asking a question Who's in your ear? Explain. You know, I, I look at the garden account. It's what I call the garden account, mm-hmm. where we see the creation. We see God planting man and woman. Well, planted man in the Garden of Eden and made woman, and they're this happy union, this happy community, with God being at the center, man being the governors, if you will, of the earth, And then we see in Genesis 3 what I call the first crime in history. And this crime was not only a crime against humanity, it was a crime against God. And oftentimes people think that the first sin was eating forbidden fruit. But actually what preceded the sin of eating forbidden fruit was the sin of slander because it all started with a conversation. And Eve listened to the enemy. She listened to the serpent as he spewed out his slanderous accusation against God, accusing God of not, number one, meaning what he says, and number two, not being omnibenevolent. Mm-hmm. Because when, when, when the serpent came to Eve and said, you know, you, know, you shall not surely die, what, she's, what he's essentially saying is, number one, that everything that God says is not true. That's very important for us to understand. Yes. Then the second thing he said was, uh, he knows that if you eat this fruit, you'll be as him, not knowing good and evil, which means the implication is that God is withholding something from you. He's withholding information from you. He's withholding something that you need, which would presume that he's not all good. There's a part of you Mm. that doesn't have your best interest. And so that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Satan slandered God. He brought his character, his integrity into question. And as a result of that conversation, it destroyed Adam and Eve. You know, what we hear can affect us on a very deep level. What you hear matters, the conversations that you listen to. And this was a spiritual, really a spiritual act that caused an infection to go into the bloodstream of mankind. And this infection is a curiosity with information. We want to know. We want to know who said what and how they said it and what they meant. And this is a part of the curse. Mm, This is a part of the destructive pattern that the enemy has used to destroy families, churches, to destroy marriages, relationships. And that is the pattern or the infection of slander, gossip, and offense. And so when we talk about who's in your ear, What we're saying is that we must not make the mistake that Eve made by allowing the enemy to speak to us. You see, what you meditate on is what you medicate on. This is so important for us to understand. So you're, the, the conversation that she allowed herself to uh, become engaged in actually shaped her perception. It did. It did. In fact, you know, uh, I do an interesting word study on the word for serpent. You know, the Bible makes it clear that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And, it, it in, you know, in the Hebrew, words have very serious meanings. They are, they are 
pictorial. They are descriptive. So when the Bible says serpent, the word used is actually the word divination. Mm-hmm. And divination is to use witchcraft or to use some yes. sort of seductive power on another person that alters their consciousness or alters the way they see things. So if you notice, the, the tree was in the garden the whole time, but once she had a conversation, she didn't see the tree the same way anymore. Mm-hmm. And isn't it interesting how a conversation can change the way we see people? Yes. can change the way we see relationships. Yes. It can change the way we see ministries that we're involved with. So it shows you the power of conversation. Yeah, I, I love the way you put it when you said everything that we hear and talk about affects our meditation, what we're meditating on, and everything we meditate on gets into our hearts. Yes. That's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Keenan, you have called this that you use an analogy that I found very interesting and, and very powerful, actually. You use the analogy of a virus, and you called this the, the, the trio virus. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I call it a trio virus because one of the things about a virus is that it is destructive. You know, a virus can kill you. But unfortunately, uh, a person does not, doesn't always know that they have a virus. I'll give you an example. One of the leading viruses or the leading infections that we see on college campuses are is what we call a meningitis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you have bacterial meningitis, viral meningitis. But either way, it can be transmitted by someone who doesn't even know they have it. So the way I see it is just as a virus is transmitted through air, through touch, through bodily fluid, in the same way, offense is a virus it is something that is debilitating it, it affects our system it affects our thinking it affects our relationships and it makes us sick you know there are millions of christians all, all throughout the world who are sick with offense and it is destroying their lives it is cutting their destiny short it is ruining their relationships and so the way this virus is spread is through slander and gossip. And mm-hmm. so that's why I mm-hmm. call it a trio. Mm-hmm. You know, first mm-hmm. it begins with um, someone who is offended. You know, in this case, Satan was offended with God. He had been kicked yes. out of heaven. And one of the things you never do, never have a conversation with a disgruntled employee <laughs> because it's never going to go well. So she's listening to someone who's lost his job. And his in, in his offense, what he's trying to do is to spread offense into her. How does he do it? through slander, through gossip. So it's the same way. I call it the the trio because mm-hmm. slander and gossip ultimately lead to offense. And those who, offend, who are offended spread their offense through slander and gossip. So it becomes a vicious cycle. Yes, yes. And I think a lot of us may not even realize that this is happening. In your teaching, when I was reading your book, your brand new book, um, Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I realized a lot of things that I didn't previously know or just didn't think about. Like you were just talking, don't don't have a conversation with a disgruntled employee. Because uh, you, you have said examine ourselves and examine, examine those conversations. You know, are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you insecure? Do you feel worthless? You know, those may not just be... Um, normal feelings, those may be something that the enemy is whispering in your ear in order to get you in uh, into offense. Yes. You know, one of the biggest deceptions in our culture, especially here in the West, and it is something that has affected us on a very deep level, and that is the notion that we have a right. Yes. We have a right. Mm-hmm. And if you notice in the Garden of Eden, Satan appeals to Eve's rights. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have a right to know. How dare he How dare he meet you from this information? How dare he exclude you? How, how dare he not tell you these secrets? And so Satan appealed to the right to know or the right to have certain things. And one of the biggest things that destroys people in the church is people say, I have a right to be offended. Mm. I mean, I was hurt. I mean, don't my feelings count? I mean, don't don't I have a right to be? Sure, and that sounds reasonable. 
Yes. <laughs> that's not reasonable. Yeah. You know, we have a right to be angry, have a right to be upset. But the question is, at what cost? Mm-hmm. What will it cost me? That's what we have to ask ourselves. What will it cost me? You see, I use an example of Absalom in the Bible, whose brother Amnon committed a heinous crime against his sister, Tamar. Yes. yes. And and I won't go into the, the depths of that that story, but needless to say, Absalom had a right to be upset. But when we put our right to be angry above the Word of God, we're in a very dangerous place. And our anger can easily become offense. And when offense sets in, we are no longer in control. Now, this is something that people really need to understand. You are no longer in control because offense begins to drive you, it mm. drives your thinking, mm-hmm. it drives your mm. behavior. And so in, in, in Absalom's anger, he allowed the spirit of offense. And I want people to understand that, that offense is not just anger, it's not just frustration, it's not just a response to a perceived insult or injury, but the spirit of offense is just what it says. It's a spirit, and it's not the Holy Spirit. So when we open our heart to the spirit of offense, we are allowing another entity to dominate us, to control us. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5. So my question to to those listening to us today is, what is driving you? Mm -hmm. Who is driving Mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Because the conversation we listen to determines what controls our perception and what controls our thought process. You know, one of the the biggest things in our society that has just happened, all the chaos that was surrounding the recent presidential election, the confusion, the hate, you know, the division. Oh, my goodness, what an opportunity for the enemy to just come in there. And I have never seen so many people offended in my life. Yes, very, very true. I mean, it's we've seen in uh, just a several, several several weeks, several days, just the destruction of relationships. Yes. You know, people who were on one accord with each other, but because they voted differently Mm -hmm. from each other or they saw things differently, relationships were ruined. And this goes back to the spirit of offense, because we must understand that Satan does not want us to realize our destinies. And he definitely doesn't want us to do it together. So his assignment is to get us to a place where we are buying into a narrative that is destructive. Yes. You see, it is interesting. I was just in the airport the other day, and uh, I was coming from Europe, and I was speaking with a woman, and, uh, you know, just in a luggage store, and she opens up a conversation, what do you think about our current president? And she proceeds to say all manner of things about him. And the interesting thing, Donna, is that she had no facts to support what she was saying. And that's what happens. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you allow the enemy into your thought process, when you allow the enemy to control you via offenses, it skews everything. Mm-hmm. It skews the way you see everything. Now, I'm not, just, I'm not saying that, that the current, uh, current president is not without some offensive statements or behavior. But what I'm saying is that we do not have a right to violate God's word because of what we feel. Yes. Now, I know that sounds like a curse word to somebody listening, <laughs> because in America, we're taught that our feelings are the most important thing in the world. But really, they're not, because your feelings can be easily manipulated. We have to put the word of God as our final authority. Mm-hmm. This is so important. Mm-hmm. You know what? You've talked about destinies. You've mentioned uh, our destiny a couple of times. How does this topic of slander, gossip, and offense, how does that relate to our destinies? A very good question. You know, uh, it's interesting because I have taught on healing. I've taught on the prophetic. I've taught on the supernatural for years. But one of the things why this message is so important and so timely is because many people are literally aborting their destinies because of offense. And I'll I'll give you an example of what I mean. How many of us, you know, it's almost happened to me, how many of us 
have broken away, have left something, have walked away from something that God necessarily mm-hmm. didn't necessarily want us to walk away from mm-hmm. because we were offended. And as a result of that, the thing that God wanted us to experience, wanted us to receive, that would have been a vital key to our destinies, we never received it. You know, think about this. When God wants to elevate a person, when we look all throughout Scripture, God always uses relationships as a destiny accelerator. I want people to hear this. This is so important. God uses relationships all throughout Scripture to accelerate destiny. We see Moses and his relationship with Joshua. We see Elijah and his relationship with Elisha. We, We can go on and on and on. We see Naomi and Ruth. We see John the Baptist and Jesus. And notice what happens with John the Baptist. John the Baptist is offended with Jesus because even though he preached the message of the coming king and his kingdom, he was thrown in jail. And the scripture says that John sent his disciples to Jesus and said, are you the one or do I look for another? Mm. Can you imagine that? Yes. This is the one that said that Jesus was the Lamb of God. It takes away the sins of the world. This is the same one who was the blood cousin of Jesus himself and knew his assignment. But because of offense, he began to look at Jesus differently. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are not offended in me. And I believe that this issue is one of the most important issues of our time. I have seen people never realize their callings, never realize their dreams never realized their assignments. I've seen people be affected in their health, in their mind, in their well-being, all because of offense. And the Lord put it on my heart. He said, it's time to teach the body of Christ. It's time to release this clarion call to the body of Christ to let go of the power of offense and to see the enemy behind it. Because this is why we have to unmask the enemy, because mm-hmm. Satan mm-hmm. is the accuser of the brethren. He is the one who wants us to not become what God has called us to be. He is the one that wants us divided so that he can conquer the church, and he is the one that wants us outside of the will of God. And so the Lord told me, he said, it's time to unmask the accuser, because the church doesn't even recognize the enemy. We think it's our thoughts, we think it's mm-hmm. our feelings, we think mm-hmm. it's our emotions. But we don't see the insidious plot of the enemy to destroy, to kill, still, and destroy. And so I believe that the relationship between offense and destiny are inextricably connected. Because as long as we are offended, we will never fulfill the plan of God for our lives. Wow. Well, you know, we're going to go to break in just a moment here. But you told me about a vision that God showed you uh, relating to this topic. Uh, will you uh, share that with our listeners just before we go to break? Yeah. Years ago, the Lord showed me a vision. And in this particular vision, I saw two believers coming out of a church. And on each of their shoulders was an imp. And uh, I'm looking closer and closer in the vision. And I see these little imps on their shoulders whispering in their ears. And all of a sudden, Donna, the most really disgusting thing happened. The imps began to vomit on each of the believers. And as I'm watching this thing unfold, I asked God, I said, God, what was that? He said, that's slander, gossip, and offense. It is like the vomit of the underworld. And he began to show me that from a spiritual perspective, when we allow the enemy to sow seeds of offense into our heart. We are literally receiving something on us, something tangible. You know, just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's not tangible. It it has a sense of tangibility, a materiality in the spiritual realm. We are receiving the, 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 the goo and the slime of the enemy. And this slime begins to affect believers. Can you imagine millions of believers carrying the spiritual slime all over them? Mm, Wow. Pastors, church leaders, people in the choir, ushers, deacons all over the world, people in the workforce that have allowed this, this slime to contaminate their spiritual lives. 
And this is why this message is so important, Donna. My goodness, so I, I, I certainly agree. As soon as I read it and uh, started studying uh, your teaching on this, that's what we said as well here. Uh, this is powerful, it's timely, and it just has to get out there to, to the body. Well, Sid and I want to encourage you to get Dr. Keenan Bridges' brand new book and his exclusive three-CD teaching series, Unmasking the Accuser. This is a resource that will actually stop the devil in his tracks and set you free so that you can walk in your true vision, anointing, and destiny. Well, we certainly can see how this affects us emotionally and spiritually. When we come back, my question for Dr. Keenan Bridges is, how does this relate to our physical well-being? We'll be right back. Have you or someone you've known dealt with uncontrollable anger, reoccurring frustration, insecurity, a feeling of worthlessness, a consistent agitated or critical spirit? We have an enemy and any believer knows that, but he is working almost double time now to kill, rob, and destroy. And the problem is most of us don't even realize what he's doing to us. God revealed to Pastor Keenan Bridges what the enemy's strategy is and how you can block the devil from his attacks against you. Call now and get Keenan Bridges' brand new book and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Unmasking the Accuser, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9460. I believe God has sent me on a mission to expose the enemy. You are wrestling against the accuser of the brethren who wants to see you stuck. He wants to see your vision diminished. He wants to see you sick in your body. He wants to see you broken. He wants to see you angry and bitter and unable to fulfill your purpose. Through Kenan's brand new book, Unmasking the Accuser, you will understand that the voices of insecurity, offense, guilt, and shame really are devices of the devil designed to steal your destiny. Learn that the demonic trio of slander, gossip, and offense ruin marriages, relationships, destroy churches, and discredit those in spiritual leadership. Unveiled is the root of so many issues and snares that rob us of victory. Understand a strategic plan to take back what you have lost in your authority and evict the accuser permanently from your life. Each chapter has questions for discussion, testimony, and a powerful prayer that will lead you into victory over darkness. Through Kenan's exclusive three-part audio CD teaching, Unmasking the Accuser, you will learn how to recognize the devastation of slander, identify the satanic nature of gossip, Avoid the temptation to be hurt and offended. Release those who have wounded you. Walk in victory through using the power of love and forgiveness as God's secret weapon. Understand how to obtain supernatural breakthrough for your health, relationships, finances, and ministry. The audio CDs include powerful prayers of impartation to help you walk in victory over the enemy and his attacks. Slander, gossip, an offense will abort the wonderful plan that God has for your life. If you have an out of control mouth that loves to gossip, loves to slander, loves to accuse, there is an answer, a supernatural answer. And the how to get control over this, it's time to unmask the accuser, get the brand new book and exclusive three CD teaching series, Unmasking the Accuser. Don't miss out on getting Kenan Bridges' brand new book and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Unmasking the Accuser, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9460. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9460 or log on to SidRoth.com. Call or write today. I'm Donna Chavis, and I am back here at Messianic Vision with my guest, Dr. Keenan Bridges. Um, Keenan, before we went to break, I told everyone I was going to ask you, how does this relate to our physical well-being? Uh, does it? Is that possible? And how? You know, before, before I explain it, I want to really sort of highlight something very important. We have to understand that as created beings in the image of God, we are speaking spiritual beings. Our words have power. What we say, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. 
and they that love it will eat its fruit, which means if we will eat the fruit, it means our words are seeds. Every word is a seed sown mm-hmm. that produces a harvest. People have to understand this. And the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, his modus operandi is to speak accusations. Now, I want people to also understand that when an accusation comes forth, it has a spiritual effect. I'll give you an example. I was holding a meeting, and uh, there were people that were there for healing because one of my assignments and one of my giftings in the area of healing, we've seen literally millions of people healed from all kinds of chronic conditions, etc. And I'm in this particular meeting, and, and no one's getting healed. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe my faith is not there. Maybe, maybe I missed something. Maybe I'm not understanding something. And God says, no, it's not your faith. You're not praying about the right thing. And he begins to show me through word of knowledge that the biggest issue in the room was not physical healing, but it was offense. And so hundreds of people come down to the altar when I open up the floor, and I say, who needs to release an offense? Who here needs to release bitterness, offenses, anything like that? And people begin to come down. And uh, as I begin to pray a prayer of release from offense, unforgiveness, bitterness, people get instantly healed. One lady in particular had gone through a nasty divorce. I mean, husband had done her wrong. She had, and because of the anger and the offense that she had toward her husband, she had been suffering from rheumatoid arthritis. Well, the moment she let go of the offense, watch this, she was instantly healed. On another occasion, I had a pastor uh, that I talk about in this message of unmasking the accuser, who was really upset and wounded by the fact that he experienced this tremendous betrayal by one of his spiritual sons, Mm -hmm. who betrayed him, broke away from the church, members with them, and how many times have we heard this narrative before? Yes. And he just went on, and because of all the pain and because of all of the offense that he was harboring in his body and in his heart, He was just going through all kinds of sicknesses and and ailments. And as he began to release this spiritual son and forgive him, all of a sudden his health began to be restored gradually. And I tell you, there is a direct correlation between this issue and the physical health of the church. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 11, he talks about over there when he talks about communion, he says that that for this reason, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Yes. And he's talking about a lack of discernment of the Lord's body. What were they doing? There were offenses and divisions in the church. And Paul directly attributes physical death and physical illness with offense. And can you imagine that? Mm. This is very, this is very, very important. What if I told you that there were millions of believers that were suffering in their body and they're praying and they're believing God for healing, but the one common denominator is that they've harbored things in their heart. They have, they have allowed the enemy's accusations against others and even their enemy's accusations of them to to seep into their soul, and these wounded souls produce wounded bodies and sick bodies. And once people get the revelation that this is the enemy behind all of this, they can release it and they can see the restoration of their health. We've seen hundreds of people get healed once they've heard this message. That is so powerful. I mean, to me, I I have not studied, I haven't heard people teaching on that before. And I would venture to say that there are many, many, many of our listeners today that may be suffering physically and don't even know that it could be caused because of harboring some type of bitterness or offense. Yes. Actually, the Bible says this is interesting. It says that the words of a talebearer, in other words, a gossiper, are like wounds. (laughs) People never even pay attention to that in the Bible. The words of a talebearer are like wounds. The Bible says that the spirit of a man shall sustain 
his infirmity, but a wounded spirit Mm -hmm. who can bear, which means that there can be wounds in your soul that are inflicted by the enemy through gossip. We've seen people who have been so angry that they were falsely accused that it would affect their blood pressure, it would affect their blood sugar, it would affect the function of their pancreas, the function of their liver. We've seen people experience heart attacks. In fact, I just talked to a minister who had a quadruple bypass surgery, and and I asked him, I said, what happened? And he said, well, as he prayed, the Lord said, the reason why he had this, this quadruple bypass is because all of the offenses that he was harboring in his heart. Wow. And we see that even even offense has a physiological effect on the human body. Mm-hmm. When we harbor mm-hmm. them, we are literally harboring a fugitive in our soul because God never intended us, and he never intended us to hold on mm-hmm. to offenses. Mm-hmm. We weren't created for that. Right. Will you take a yeah. moment right here? I know we didn't, hadn't planned this, but would you take a moment and just speak to the people listening and, and yeah, pray for I, them to be able to that. release? Yes, please. I feel that. So, Father, in Jesus' name, there's someone watching me. I see a mother even watching, and you've had such a tumultuous relationship with your daughter that it's like it, it's been hurting you physically. You've been having back pain. You've been battling with pain in your neck, pain in your body. And, God, I just release your children from the spirit of offense in the name of Jesus, Lord. That anyone listening that's been battling in their health, that's been struggling in their mind as a result of the things that they've listened to. There's another person watching me. You've been slandered by someone in the church, a leader in the church, has spoken evil of you. And because of that, it has affected your reputation, and you've just been so bitter about it that you've not been able to worship God. And I just want to set you free in the name of Jesus. I declare that that spirit of accusation is broken off of your life and that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, just takes control even now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Thank you, Lord. Tell me the story that, uh, you know, when I first read read the story, you were, I thought it was kind of funny. It was kind of humorous, but, you know, when you finished and showed us what you were talking about and how it relates to this topic, uh, tell me the story about the rat trap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling that story to, a, to a, a group one time, and they just were laughing hysterically. But again, once it once you connected it, it makes a lot of sense. So when I when I grew up in Georgia, you know, we had big homes, and our homes had huge basements and things like that. And uh, we had a, a home that had been built by an architect, so it had all of these little uh, compartments and areas. I mean, even as a kid, there were places I never even ventured to in my basement. That's how big it was. And uh, at some point there was an infestation of a couple of rats. I don't know how many, but I know there was at least one or two in the basement. And so my father bought a rat trap. And this particular rat trap consisted of a glue in the base. It was like a tent. And they would put cheese on it so the rat would come and try to eat the cheese. And, of course, as he was drawn to the cheese, he would be caught in the trap. And uh, one day I heard a scurrying, and I went down and, and checked out the trap, and surely... The trap was effective, and so I picked up the trap. Little did I know that the rat was still very much alive. And he bit me on my finger, and I screamed, and I I slung the rat and the trap across the room. And I was completely traumatized from that day forward. I hated rats, and I hated rat traps. I didn't want to have anything to do with either one of them. But the Lord gave me a revelation that day about this rat. And the Bible says this. It says in... In Romans chapter 16, it says, Mark them which cause offenses and avoid them. And this is interesting because the word offense there means stumbling block or trap. In other words, offense is the bait stick of the enemy. And just like that rat, there are many believers who are trapped. They are suffocating. They are literally being squeezed by the vice of the enemy through offense. It's suffocating their destinies, 
suffocating their relationships, suffocating their future. I'm, I'm even while I'm talking now, Don. I feel such a an anointing right now because there are people who have a call on their lives. They've been called by God, and years and years and years have gone by, and they've never realized that calling. They're sitting on a pew somewhere, or they're sitting at home because the enemy has told them, you know what, you can't trust anybody in the church. You can't do this. You can't do that. And offense has literally been a trap. Like that like that animal that was caught in that vice, there are millions of believers that are stuck, Donna. They're stuck, and they can't get out. And they're gasping for air, and they're struggling, and they're fighting. And, and I want pastors to know something, that just like that rat, sometimes the reason why people bite is because they're desperate. They're not, they're not uh, villains, they're not enemies, but they're hurting. And a lot of times as pastors, what we end up doing is we vilify those who are trapped. Mm-hmm. And we, might, we need to be mm-hmm. careful not mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. a bait. Yeah. It's like the rat took the bait. and um, The bait. Yes. And so I, I feel like sometimes after hearing your teaching and listening to this and reading your book, that uh, if we can recognize the bait, then we can make the choice not to take the bait. Don't take the bait. Uh, once once we recognize what you're talking about and once we realize that it's bait, we have a choice. We do have a choice. And I want people to understand something. This is important to understand. You see... It's only bait if it's appealing. You know, if, if there was something in a trap that, that you didn't want or didn't appeal to something then in it, you... Then it wouldn't it be bait, be yeah. It wouldn't be effective. So it's only effective if it's something that appeals to us. Now, what happened in the Garden of Eden? The biggest thing that gets us in trouble, Donna, is the curiosity of knowledge. Mm. We want to know. <laughs> yes. We want to know. Yes. We want to know. What did they mean by that? Why was that said? Who said what? Who was involved with this? This is why we have tabloids in America, because people want to know everything about everyone. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that the enemy uses that desire for forbidden knowledge as a bait to draw us into a trap. They must understand, ultimately, when the rat is in the trap or when the bird is in the, 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 the fowler's snare, the ultimate goal is the life of that animal. Satan doesn't trap us just to keep us stuck. He traps us to kill us. We're going to be somebody's dinner. And so mm-hmm. we need to understand that, that once you mm-hmm. begin to identify, mm-hmm. you know what, this conversation is bait right now. I'm being baited. You know, I, I'm, I'm being drawn into a trap. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being seduced. Or this hurt that I'm feeling right now, this is, this is, this is a tactic of the enemy to draw me into a trap. Mm -hmm. And once we count the cost, once we count the cost of the bait being given to us, we can, we can avoid it more easily. Wow. That's powerful. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening, once they, once they get that connection in their, in their brain and their mind and their heart and their spirit, it's uh, something that they will certainly remember. I know I do. You know, I, I like something that you talked about when I first introduced what we were going to talk about today. Uh, we talked about that, that people were going to learn how to be free and how to, that they can be free to walk in their destiny and purpose. And for every virus, you know, there's normally a vaccination. And you have in your, in your teaching, in your book, in your, um, your CDs that you teach, you have provided us with a vaccination for this virus. Yes. You know, I want to first of all tell people that uh, this is so important to, to understand. I was infected. Hmm. A lot of pastors don't tell you that. You know, we write books and we do teachings, but we it's more of a, you know, let me help you guys out. No, I was messed up with offense, not only as a believer, but also as a pastor. Because of the hurt that ministry brings, what do you do when you're betrayed? What do you do when someone who you trusted falsely accused you? What do you do when a family member walks out? Are you hearing what I'm saying? What do we do? And one night I was in my room and just battling through a lot of things, seeing stagnation in the ministry, seeing all kinds of challenges. And the Lord Jesus walked in my room 
and he laid his hand on my heart, and he touched me. Mm-hmm. And I began to weep because I knew that he had given me a brand new heart and a brand new mind concerning this issue. And so I don't stand here as one today that is, is examining theory and telling you about it. I'm telling you as someone who's walked through the pain of betrayal, walked through the pain of offense, walked through the pain of being gossiped about, slandered mm-hmm. about. I mean, I've walked through that, Donna, and I know how much it hurts. I know how it feels for a leader, someone that you're sitting under, to, to, to not want you to succeed or to be under spiritual abuse. I understand all of these things. I understand what it means. And so the Lord vaccinated me so that I could give a vaccine to his people. And the first thing we ultimately have to do, we have to forgive. Have to forgive. Because forgiveness breaks the power of offense. I was I was literally in my bed one night and the spirit of the Lord took me into this vision. I call it a vision, Donna, because I want to be on the safe side. He took me into this vision, and I went back in time 2,000 years. I was moving at the speed of light, and I found myself at the scene of the crucifixion. Mm. I could smell the air. I mean, it was so tangible. I could see the dust coming up. I could look at the leather sandals that the centurions were wearing. I could hear the wails of women mourning their sons being crucified. I could hear the wails coming from those mourning the Savior. And as I looked up, I saw the Savior of the world witnessing the most heinous crime in all of history. And I looked up, and I saw him, and I heard these words. I've taken upon myself all of the offenses of humanity so that you no longer have to live in offense. Oh, yes. And instantly, back in my body. And I'm contemplating all of this, and I realized, Donna, this is what's been happening to people all over the church. We have literally, through the devil's scheme, allowed him to put a yoke upon us that Jesus himself shed his blood to destroy. Can you imagine how heinous that is? For Christians, for people who love God, who, who know the Word of God, but, but because of circumstances, because of the accuser of the brethren and his accusations against the church have allowed the enemy to put a yoke upon them. So ultimately, we know Jesus said these words on the cross. This is how he got free of offense himself. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We have to forgive Yes. You say, but Pastor, you don't understand what they did. You, 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 don't, you don't understand. Well, let me tell you something. If we don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting our enemies to die. That is the insanity of unforgiveness. Jesus said, if you don't forgive those who trespass against you, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So ultimately, we know we have to forgive. And then we have to change the way we think, Donna. You see, we must know that we don't wrestle against flesh but there's, there's someone listening, and you've been abused. You've been abused. And, and because of this abuse, you found it very difficult to forgive. How can I forgive someone who has abused me? But let me, let me encourage you to forgive them for that sin is to release yourself from the power of the shame that it brings. To forgive them of that sin is to release yourself from the shame of the power, of the power of the shame that it brings. And we must understand that it's not about them, it's about us. And we need to understand, if I, it, it, there's a game that I used to play called Minesweeper. Do you remember that, Donna? Yes, yes. You play it on the computer. Yes. And uh, your goal was to trigger the mind so that you would avoid them. You know, I don't want to step on the mind because a landmine is unseen. It's under the surface. But once you step on it, you're going to be blowing the smithereens. And so in the, in the same way, offenses are like landmines. And the only thing to do with a landmine is to avoid it. Avoid it. You don't want to step on it because if you step on it, it's just a matter of time before it detonates. And this is what happens. This is why we have to guard our conversations. 
We have to guard our thoughts. We have to guard our words. You know, what are we listening to? Who are we talking to? Who are we communicating with? These are all very important. And by doing that, we're vaccinating ourselves from the spirit of offense and making sure that we're not infected. Because if we're infected, we can't help anybody else. Right. That is right. Well, once again, we're talking with Dr. Keenan Bridges, and at the end of this program, we'll give you an opportunity to get his brand new book, an exclusive three-CD teaching series, Unmasking the Accuser. Each chapter has a powerful teaching, a discussion, a testimony, and a prayer, so be sure to get that. Well, right after this break, Dr. Keenan Bridges shows us how to walk in victory every single time by using this one practice. Stay with us. Have you or someone you've known dealt with uncontrollable anger, reoccurring frustration, insecurity, a feeling of worthlessness, a consistent agitated or critical spirit? We have an enemy and any believer knows that, but he is working almost double time now to kill, rob, and destroy. And the problem is most of us don't even realize what he's doing to us. God revealed to Pastor Keenan Bridges what the enemy's strategy is and how you can block the devil from his attacks against you. Call now and get Keenan Bridges' brand new book and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Unmasking the Accuser, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9460. I believe God has sent me on a mission to expose the enemy. You are wrestling against the accuser of the brethren who wants to see you stuck. He wants to see your vision diminished. He wants to see you sick in your body. He wants to see you broken. He wants to see you angry and bitter and unable to fulfill your purpose. Through Kenan's brand new book, Unmasking the Accuser, you will understand that the voices of insecurity, offense, guilt, and shame really are devices of the devil designed to steal your destiny. Learn that the demonic trio of slander, gossip, and offense ruin marriages, relationships, destroy churches, and discredit those in spiritual leadership. Unveiled is the root of so many issues and snares that rob us of victory. Understand a strategic plan to take back what you have lost in your authority and evict the accuser permanently from your life. Each chapter has questions for discussion, testimony, and a powerful prayer that will lead you into victory over darkness. Through Kenan's exclusive three-part audio CD teaching, Unmasking the Accuser, you will learn how to recognize the devastation of slander, identify the satanic nature of gossip, Avoid the temptation to be hurt and offended. Release those who have wounded you. Walk in victory through using the power of love and forgiveness as God's secret weapon. Understand how to obtain supernatural breakthrough for your health, relationships, finances, and ministry. The audio CDs include powerful prayers of impartation to help you walk in victory over the enemy and his attacks. Slander, gossip, and offense will abort the wonderful plan that God has for your life. If you have an out of control mouth that loves to gossip, loves to slander, loves to accuse, there is an answer, a supernatural answer. And the how to get control over this, it's time to unmask the accuser, get the brand new book and exclusive three CD teaching series, Unmasking the Accuser. Don't miss out on getting Kenan Bridges' brand new book and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Unmasking the Accuser, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9460. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9460 or log on to SidRoth.com. Call or write today. Well, we are back with our very special guest, Dr. Keenan Bridges. And I know a lot of people may think the analogy of an assassin is quite extreme. But, uh, Keenan, tell us how an assassin relates to the topic we're talking about today. Well, you know, the Bible says in 1 John 3, I believe the 15th verse, it says, He that hated his brother is a murderer. And, uh, you know, that's strong language. Jesus says, if you don't love your brother, then you are a murderer. Uh, the word murder there in the Greek literally means an assassin. 
Now, who's an assassin? An assassin is someone hired to kill another person. Is that correct? Yes. So, in the same way, many people don't recognize that there are assassins in and outside of the church. And these assassins don't necessarily kill with sniper scopes or or grenades or machine guns or even knives, but they kill with their words. Mm. I refer to them as character assassins. Now, this is interesting because, you know, as, as I begin to pray about this, what I begin to realize is that one of the issues we have in the body of Christ is that we don't think that we have a responsibility for the person sitting next to us. God asked Cain, where was his brother Abel? And Abel responded, am I my brother's keeper? You see, Cain murdered Abel because of jealousy. He murdered Abel because of envy in his heart. And the same thing is happening today, unfortunately, Donna. There are Christians who are assassinating one another. In fact, I would argue something that a lot of people may not even agree with. Satan doesn't even have to walk in the church anymore because he has hit men on the pews. These are people who work for him. Now, mind you, they don't know they work for him, you know, because it's a subtle thing. You know, after the service, they come outside and they say, you know, we just need to pray for Pastor. I'm just noticing that his messages aren't really, really there anymore. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we need to replace him with another pastor. You know, just a thought. And this is what the Bible calls character assassination. Or when we speak evil of people or when we say things about people in a way that destroys their reputation, in a way that calls into question who they are, their authenticity, that's what the Bible calls character assassination. Those are assassins. Yes. And unfortunately, many people need to be fired from their contracts because the Lord began to show me that there there are Christians that have satanic contracts with the enemy because they were offended and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. And we have to we have to break the power of the spirit in the church, which is the the inclination to assassinate another individual's mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. And you know what? Um I, I thought about that and I thought it's so sad. It's like you're talking about when we engage in gossip, when we assassinate someone else's character, when we say these things what I find so sad is you cannot take that back. You know, once those words are said, you can't take them back. That's right. That's right. It's very, very true. It's, it's difficult to undo. I mean, can you imagine firing a bullet, Donna, and praying that it doesn't hit the person you shot it at? Mm-hmm. Once you've pulled the trigger, yeah. Once you've pulled the trigger, it's the same way. Once we have released something into the atmosphere, once we've sown something into someone's heart, it's it's nearly impossible to take it back. And so that's that's why this is such a critical issue. And I want you to understand something. I have to say this. This message, this message is one of the most important messages of our lifetime, of this generation. Because until the church gets this message, we will never see revival. I want to say this again. Until the church gets this message, we will never see revival. Now, how can I say such a strong word? Because Jesus said, Father, in John 17, I pray that they may be one, even as we are one, Mm -hmm. that the glory that was upon me might be upon them, which means that the church will never see the glory of God in its sustained manifestation, its consistent manifestation, its continual manifestation, until we come together as one. And the only way to be one, Donna, is for us to evict the accuser of the brother. Yes, yes. And I told everybody that you're going to tell them how that they can walk in freedom every single time. And I believe that's what you're talking about, unmasking, recognizing we must unmask the accuser. You see, this verbiage that I'm using is intentional. It's prophetic. Because what we've not recognized is that Satan is the accuser of the brother. 
It's not the nature of our Lord to accuse, which means that if we're operating an accusation, we are assuming the nature of someone else that's not our Heavenly Father. And this is such a serious thing. We must learn to identify. And I, I believe even now as I'm speaking that the eyes of God's people are being opened, that they're going to begin to see from this day forward the enemy. They're going to see him behind every camouflage, behind every veil, behind every uh, innocent conversation, behind every gossip, behind every slander. They're going to begin to see the face of the accuser because he's hidden behind the church. He's hidden behind the pews. He's hidden in the parking lot. He's hidden in the coffee shops when Christians have cute conversations. But we don't understand that many times we've aided and abetted the enemy. And now I believe that the Spirit of God is ripping the mask off of the devil. He's ripping the mask off of the accuser. And now you're going to see him for who he really is. And when you see him for who he really is, you are going to avoid his schemes. You are going to render his technology against you null and void and powerless. And you're going to begin to walk in victory when you say, you know what? You know what? Now I see. Right. Now I see. Right. Now I see. That's him right there. I, I, I see what you're trying to do. Say, no, 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 no. I, 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 I see what you're doing here. I see what you're trying to do there. And you're going to begin to walk over every mind. You're going to begin to walk past every trap. And, you're going to, and, and the Holy Spirit is going to spring every trap, detonate every mind. So that you see exactly where the enemy's trying to go, and you're going to avoid them and walk in victory. I, I see people, I see a company of people, Donna, a company of people from all over the world that have been wounded. That just as God told, told Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, he says, this is the fallen army of Israel. I feel the Holy Spirit. There are people all over the world who have been fallen, who have been wounded who have been trapped, who have been abused, who have been hurt, and they've allowed the enemy to keep them in prison. But I, I believe that the word of the Lord that he spoke to Ezekiel is going to be true for you. Can these dry bones live? And the answer is yes. And the Holy Spirit is saying, live. He's saying, get up. He's saying, move forward. He's saying, step into your destiny. He's saying, break free from the wounds of the past. He's saying, have sharp eyes like an eagle to see the enemy and to avoid his snares. From this day forward, the church will begin to rise up in power and glory, and we're going to see the revival that will bring in the coming of the Messiah to this generation, and the kingdom of God will be established in the earth as the people of God open their spiritual eyes, avoid the enemy, break free, forgive, and allow the Holy Spirit to ignite their faith and the spirit of revival will come again. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe I could say, well, we'll see you next time right there. And that would be <laughs> about the strongest ending we could have. But uh, we do have a few more minutes. So let's keep talking about some of these other things that I'm sure our listeners are going to hear about. You know, when you were ministering to those that have been wounded and you talk about the church, I know you're not talking about a building. You're not talking about a place. You are talking about the bodies, the people in the church, you know, that may yes. have been wounded and you have just, uh, you know, prayed for them. And something that I found so wonderful that you talked about, you, you said this phrase, there needs to be an ICU in the church, in every church. Yeah, this is so important because an ICU is an intensive care unit. It's a place where we take our most wounded, our most debilitated, our most catastrophic cases, and we allow them to go into this ICU so they can be rehabilitated, so they can be restored. And unfortunately, we've had a pattern of villainizing the wounded. So we want people to come in and they have it all together. And they have, you know, they, they look the part and they, you know, they, they, they live in a nice community. They look great on the outside. But that's not the church that Jesus explained. You know, he said in the analogy, in the parable of the wedding feast, he says, go to the highways and the byways. Get the halt, the lame, the withered, the maimed. These are people with no limbs, people with no homes. This is the picture of the kingdom, that we would create an environment where God's people can come and be restored. 
And unfortunately, many have been wounded in the church. So instead of being healed, their wounds have been exacerbated. So we have to create an environment. Do you know that statistically, this is interesting, 85% of people in the United States don't even tell their coworkers about their church. Mm-hmm. 85%. Do you know that that the majority of people in the United States only attend church once a month? And that among millennials, church attendance is declining. So yes. we're seeing mm-hmm. a statistical pattern here. This is there's something happening. Because we've not provided as a as a as a as a community a place where people can come and be restored, a place where people can come and be healed, a place where people can come and no matter how wounded they are, no matter how offended they've been in the past, they can come and begin to receive healing. Yes. This is so important that the yes. church become a place where there is intensive care. This means that these are serious wounds. These are third-degree burns and fourth-degree burns. These are these are instances where someone's going into cardiac arrest. You can't take that person and give them a flyer, you know, no. put them and make them be the usher of that Sunday. You have to, or Saturday. You, you, what you have to do is is provide for their healing, provide mm-hmm. for their restoration. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that that's so important. I do, too, and something that, that I know you teach is for those that have been wounded, for those that have suffered pain in for whatever reason and, and in whatever way, oh, my goodness, you said your pain will never nullify your purpose. So for those that are listening today that may think, you know, I'm too broken, I've had too many wounds to even be of, of use or to be in the church or to... to uh, Fulfill my purpose. What do you say to them? You know, I, I love this story of uh, uh, that I heard a preacher say once about uh, his granddaughter, and uh, they he has these two little granddaughters, and they love to play, and they were playing with crayons, and one of the little daughters who was playing with the, the granddaughter that was playing with the crayon happened to break the crayon while she was fighting with her sister, and she runs to her grandfather and says, "Papa." says, oh, she broke my crayon. And she was so distraught, tears running down her eyes. And this wise grandfather preacher takes the crayon, the broken crayon, and he takes a piece of paper. He says, look, 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 dear, I want you to see something. And he begins to draw on the paper. And he says, broken crayons still color. And I want people to know today that though they may be broken, God's destiny and purpose is still intact. God has a plan for you. You will never be broken enough that the blood of Jesus cannot heal your brokenness. You'll never be too broken to be used as a vessel in the hand of God. And and I love scripture, so I'll give you a scriptural, a scriptural example. Okay. When Jesus told the prophet to go down to the potter's house, he saw a vessel that was marred, and it was so marred that it didn't look like anybody could do anything with it. And he tells the prophet, he says, keep looking. And he puts the marred vessel back on the potter's wheel, and he mends the mar. He heals the brokenness. And he says to the prophet, can I not do with the house of Israel as I've done with this clay. Am I not the potter? And are you not the clay? So I would encourage those listening that we have a potter who has a supernatural potter's house and he can mend any brokenness if we'll simply put our faith and trust in him. If we'll stop looking back at the past and choose to look forward. I believe that you'll experience a measure of healing in your life that you've never experienced before. There's people right now listening. Cancer is literally withering in your body. There's someone listening that you've had degenerative eye condition, and they're being healed right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's someone else you've literally had. I'm just going to be radical here, Donna. You've had severed body parts or degenerative limbs that are being restored as we speak. We're going to hear the testimony. People being restored. Multiple sclerosis healed. Autoimmune disorders heal. 
because the potter is the master mender. He can heal any brokenness in our lives. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, I, I want to just end this um, this time that we've had together here um, with a question. We started with the question, who's in your ear? And you ask another question, uh, Kenan, in this teaching that is very impactful. Will you be made whole? Yes. You know, this is important. I, I, I remember one of my favorite stories is the man at the Pool of Bethesda. And just recently, I was at the Pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem, and this is a very interesting illustration. And Jesus asked a man that had been there for 38 years, will you be made whole? And he began to make excuses. He, he says, well, you know, Jesus, I was serving in the church many, many years, and my pastor offended me. They, they preached about me from the pulpit. Or I was serving in the church many, many years, and, and there was a moral failure in the church. Or, 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 or I, I went through this, and my, my cell group leader began to gossip about me. And, and he began to give all of these excuses. And Jesus' question remained, will you be made whole? And he says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. He said, we have to make a decision, Donna, mm -hmm. that we are going to be made whole. What we often focus on is how bad it is. You know, how wounded we are, how offended we are. But the real question is not how offended you are, how wounded you are. The real question is, will you be made whole? Because God's power to heal and restore is greater than the wounds of our past. And once we get that revelation in our heart, it will change the way we approach our life. Yes. You know, I never thought I would be where I am today. But because I was willing to let go of the past and allow the Lord to bring me into his perfect will for my life, I was able to receive the wholeness. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. Yes. And God wants to give it to us. Amen. Well, I have to yeah. say to everyone listening and to even to you, uh, Kenan, today that this teaching, this message has has literally changed my life. Um, I'm Donna Chavis, and you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our very special guest today, Dr. Kenan Bridges. And now, here's Sid to tell you how you can get Kenan's brand new book and exclusive three-CD teaching series, Unmasking the Accuser. Sid? Dr. Kenan Bridges reveals how to fight Satan's favorite lie in his brand new book, Unmasking the Accuser. Get his book and the exclusive three CD teaching series and get ready to walk in a new level of freedom and power. Don't miss Kenan Bridges' brand new book and exclusive three CD series, Unmasking the Accuser, for an investment of 35 US dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9460. Once again, that's offer number 9460.